0: The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook and Elliot Shore Parks. And we talked yesterday after Doug Peterson's firing. And I said towards the end of the pod, the timing worked out well. I'm like, oh, look, Jeffrey is gonna speak in a few minutes. We'll talk to you guys about that tomorrow. We'll be back. At no point did I think it would be as bad as it was, Elliot Shore Parks. What a disaster! What a disaster Oi. Jeffrey Laurie
1: was yesterday. So I'm happy we're recording back to back days. I think that yesterday was much more of like an emotional reaction to what's going on. I think now, twenty-four hours later, I have my thoughts way more lined up. Um, I think we're gonna disagree on some things. I'm Ooh. not gonna just playing devil's advocate, but I think our opinions are gonna be slightly different. But what well, what we do agree on, and I feel safe saying this after the many text messages we sent during <laughs> Larry's press conference. Yeah, you have an idea of where my head is at yeah, for sure. Is look, Jeffrey Laurie is good at press conferences. Like, he is not the disaster he normally was yesterday. Maybe disaster is strong, and we'll get into some of his answers and all that. But I didn't think he did a good job yesterday. Um, I didn't think that his tone met the frustration of the fans, which, honestly, more than anything is his top objective in that press conference. Like, the fan base is mad. You haven't spoken during the whole season, so they're mad about the season. Honestly, it feels like people are mad they fired Doug. Like, it's not often a coach is 4'11 and 1 and people are upset that Doug got fired. And obviously, more than anything, they're absolutely livid that Howie Roseman was not fired. Right? So he walked into (laughs) that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Needing to show a level of, look, I get it. I understand. I get why you're skeptical about Howie. I'm keeping them, but like that should have been his vibe. Instead, he was much more. Everything's fine. I have more information than you do. You know, this operation is going great. He bragged about the scouting system specifically, which is like an especially bold take. To GM right Factory,
0: mean the GM Factory, right? Yeah. The
1: GM Factory, yeah. And oh, then you know, let me
0: tell you, I can so, promise we have five guys who are future GMs. They will be. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Which would be insane.
1: Well, okay. How about make them the GM of this team, pal? Yeah, true. So I I think that he clearly views Howie differently than we do. Yeah. certainly differently <laughs> Under, than you do. Understatement <laughs> of the century. And I, I think there's a middle ground, right? Like, so well, we can get into what he said, but I I will say that he's in a tough spot because. He sits down and he has to explain why the team is bad without ripping people while also sounding optimistic. And I think the crucial mistake he made, like I said, was he did not show any level of frustration or genuine, like, upset about what was happening. So I think that was his main mistake. And then he just had, like, some laughable lines in there that I think he wishes he had back.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get into the laughable lines because there were some just awful. Awful lines from Jeffrey Lurie, and nonsensical at times. At one point, talking about why we should believe in Howie Roseman. He talked about all the NFC Championship games he's been to, which Howie was responsible for one of them, which was just asinine. Like, he literally was bringing up things that had nothing to do with Howie Roseman. But I think you hit on it, and I think there's another phrase, another word to use for that, and it's tone deaf. Jeffrey Laurie yeah. was incredibly tone-deaf yesterday. Speaking to the fan base of a team that came off a 4-11-1 season that just saw this whole national tanking conspiracy, it, it could not have been a worse season. The worst season of my lifetime as an Eagles fan, potentially, and of many Eagles fans' lifetimes. He did not match that frustration. And to your point with the Doug thing, I think there are a lot of people in Philadelphia who, who didn't want Doug to be the coach anymore, and obviously a lot like us who did. But I think even those people... Even the people like John Ritchie, who were, were very adamant that Doug Peterson was the not the right coach, felt like it was icky the way it happened. The way this all went down, it just felt wrong. It felt dirty. We're talking about the guy who won you a Super Bowl. And on top of that has just been a, 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 a upstanding citizen here, like such a great guy and has taken so many bullets for this team and these two guys specifically. It just felt dirty. And to your point, Elliot, I think, and we'll get into a lot of the specifics, a lot of what we think Lori's words mean moving forward. We'll get into the coaching search as There's been a lot of names that have come out since we spoke yesterday. But I think that the number one takeaway, the number one thing that came out of Jeffrey Laurie's press conference yesterday was him letting us know that Howie Roseman is not even close to the hot seat. Howie Roseman yep. is nowhere near. the Howie Roseman's seat is, is ice cold. Like, that's where Howie is. And we always joke, a lifetime contract or whatever. It felt like that yesterday. It felt like Howie can do no wrong. We're talking about an Eagles roster that is bad, old. They're in salary cap hell. They have a quarterback mess that is on par with anything we've ever seen in terms of just a mess at that position, especially when you consider that he gave $128 million to Carson Wentz, who is now a mess. Like, this this roster, Howie Roseman's purview, what Howie Roseman is in charge of, could not be more of a mess right now it is a disastrous disastrous situation forgetting how he's leading the team moving forward just the Eagles themselves as a roster and in salary cap situation the things that Howie does are a complete and total mess and Jeffrey Lurie refused to acknowledge that any of it was a problem like refused to acknowledge it anything how he has done is bad like he threw in a line about there have been mistakes or something it's like a throwaway line But this guy up there talking about this general manager who has been a disaster for multiple years here, and Jeffrey Lurie acted like there was nothing wrong. He found every possible way to excuse it away. He's talking about things like we mentioned, about the the NFC Championship games they've been to. He kept blaming short-term thinking versus long-term thinking, which doesn't explain why the guys you picked sucked. Like, he's right. acting, and oh, my God, the, the line about, well, you know, sometimes it's the guys you want get taken before you. Of course! It's a draft! That's what always happens! I thought, like, Jody Cameron had a great example today. He's like, sure, the at the time, San Diego Chargers could say, sure, they liked Peyton Manning. They would have taken Peyton Manning if they had the first pick, but they didn't. They had the second pick, and they took Ryan Leaf. Look, we talk a ton about being a bottom line podcast here. There was no bottom line accountability. I think that's the key word when it comes to Jeffrey, Laurie, and Howie Roseman coming out of yesterday is that there is no accountability
1: for Howie Roseman. And that is, well, terrifying. So I agree with you. And like I said, I think that the main thing that did not come across was— People wanted blood, right? Like for Howie. Well, like yeah, to your point wanted. real
0: quick, I'm sure people have seen it, but the, the whether it's the NBC Sports or all these different YouTube, all oh, these yeah, different amazing, sites, yeah. people put it out and it'd be a, a picture of a still of Jeffrey Lurie talking and every single comment, literally everyone on the side of the screen on both outlets was fire Howie.
1: Fire Howie. So Jeffrey Lurie clearly just does not view Howie that the way the majority of other people do, right? He just doesn't. So like, I, he couldn't go up there and lie. Like we saw in, in a weird way, I think he was like very authentic, but like not, not, he was not, um, he didn't try to play to the audience, right? He gave his honest answers. And it, it's funny that the perception of Howie, which I think is true, but like what you hear about Howie is he doesn't work well with other people. He's very controlling, like the coaching staff stuff, right? Like Lewis Riddick, Certainly does not seem to have enjoyed his time working with Howie. Like the <laughs> yeah, people that work with Howie, it sounds like do not enjoy it. But what's funny is when Lurie's explaining stuff, it almost sounds like Howie's listening to too many people. Like as if Lurie's in the meetings and he's seeing what's going on and he can blame other people for these mistakes because you know the a few things he referenced like. I thought, he, I thought he made references to, like, DK Metcalf and, like, how the coaching staff wanted Reger and, like, those type of things, right? With, and which, also real quick, worth, was
0: so... To blame the coaching staff, the idea that you won't even let pick Doug pick his coaches, but he's going to be the one who you're listening to on draft picks? Like, really? Really? Because that sounds I, I, so far-fetched to me.
1: So I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think with the coaching staff thing, they weren't going to let Doug pick the coaches he wanted, but I think they would have let doug pick some version of yeah, they, of a they coach. wanted Just, i
0: mean come on though yeah but to right, the no, point yeah, being no, that i agree you're I agree. gonna say we didn't pick justin jefferson because the coaching staff wanted jalen Rager is bullshit like it's bullshit yeah and, let's call it what it and is And
1: also to your to your point it's a bottom bottom line right like no matter no matter what the reasoning was if if howie roseman actually felt like justin jefferson was that much better than jalen Reger, then he's got to step in at that point and say look I appreciate your opinion on this. I will listen to it. But in this instance, I'm the one making the decision and I got to make it, right? So I, I, I think that there, that I, I agree with you on that. But I just thought it was interesting that the excuse-making for Howie was kind of he listens to too many people, right? Like that's basically what Lurie's saying is that the things that are happening are not completely Howie's fault. I get to see how the decision is made, and I don't feel like Howie's the problem, was was kind of what he said. Yeah, well, look, it, just, it was like this. Skver- it's a very opposite to the perception that he doesn't listen to anybody. It,
0: but, it, but it's it's asinine. It, we all know this not to be true. It was, it was total BS. Like, I don't believe a word of that. The Skversky tweet yesterday that made the rounds uh, Skvorsky tweeted out While Eagles GM Howie Roseman is publicly taking heat for failed draft picks and signings, my understanding is Roseman drafted and made decisions based on Doug Peterson and his staff's preference scheme and fit in Justin Jefferson's case. Eagles, Scouts, and Roseman preferred Jefferson. Like, this is all bullshit. Like, it's all bullshit. Well, but here's it's all the thing. spin. Even it's if all it spin, Elliot. It's it... all spin. You know it's all spin. Like, this is spin. I know it, this is how right. he does. But... How is, he Howie is the survivor. How he is the guy who plays the game. How he is the guy who is, as long as Howie Roseman's okay, he doesn't care what the fuck happens to anybody else. Like, that's what this is. And it felt... Like, everything Jeffrey Lurie said was from a a, a Howie Roseman coaching thing that they had before he even talked. All right, Jeff, when they ask you about this, here's what you cite. Say this. When they ask you about uh, about me as a GM, tell them, look, at Andrew Barry was here. He's a GM now. Joe Douglas, look at how many smart people I bring in. They're raiding my staff. I must be good. Like, it all felt
1: like complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, I'm not saying that... that I, I think the Savorsky tweet is clearly spin to a certain degree, right? I, I think that there is some truth about how these choices were made in terms of the DK, uh, JJ, like Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, like the ones we really focus on. I think there is some truth to it, but I just don't think it matters. Like even if what Savorsky is tweeting is true, like let's just go on the assumption that maybe it is. I don't care because the bottom line is the roster is not good enough. Like how he's decision-making where he's overseen and had final say, no matter how they got to that process, the bottom line is the, the I almost said the pod. The <laughs> bottom line is that the roster has not been good enough. So like, I don't care how they got there. And, and that's the thing that I think Lurie is missed on is maybe the process is good. Like maybe, right. I often say that I think, if I was sitting in Howie's shoes and I had all the information he had and I was in that situation, I bet more times than not, I would make the same decision and a lot of other people would. But the bottom line is it's not working out. So like you can think highly of Howie and I think higher of Howie than you do and I, it seems like the majority of fans. But I, I can also sit here and say, like the results aren't there. So if you're going to fire Doug, if you're going to talk about this long rebuild, I don't see the logic in having Howie oversee it. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously. So, so, so we get there. So I think we get to the same place, just, just in different, different ways. Browse. Yeah,
0: and and to yeah. that point, I mean, like, it just it just felt like Jeffrey Lurie had no real reason to support his decision. To keep Howie in charge and to have Howie leading coaching search, rebuilding this roster, it felt like his only excuse was, "Well, I I like Howie's great. Like, I, trust me, Howie's great." And and we were we were just focused on winning right now, so that's why. Like, you still made draft picks and, and, and they still suck. Well, really Jeff. quick,
1: really really quick, like. Howie is very good at playing the game. And no, people like to this think, like... The, the, the yeah. number
0: one, uh, like, meme or whatever that I've seen for Howie on Twitter has been of Littlefinger, and it is the absolute perfect, perfect comparison, except Littlefinger was smarter. But, like, the idea of someone who is literally playing the game, like, they are playing the game, and whatever move is a move that will further them in the game... No matter how many people that move crushes or kills in the case of Littlefinger, Howie's fine with it. Howie only cares about surviving himself, and that is it. That's it.
1: And I think that's what you what you hear from a lot of people that work with Howie, like like for whatever we think of him or the or other fans or whatever. Like it speaks a lot that Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson both essentially wanted it out. Like I don't think the Chip thing was as I mean the Doug thing was as heated as a Chip thing, but regardless, like. Chip wanted Howie gone and Doug was happy to leave. And I think Howie was, you know, a a large part of the reason why certainly for Chip, I think it's, it was a little more gray with Doug, but I I just think that Lurie views Howie differently. Like the things, clearly, clearly. but the things, the things that Lurie talked about, like, I don't want to say Lurie doesn't care about the draft, but if Lurie listed like what he wants in a GM, I think the majority of fans would put drafting fairly high up. Right. But Lurie doesn't care about that. And I, I also think it's worth pointing out, like, I bet a lot of fans are really unhappy with how their GM's draft. So I think that where where Lurie goes wrong is he views Howie, and he kind of referenced this in terms of the head coaching thing. He views it as a business and doesn't focus as much, I think, on the football side. Like he talked about how in in the NFL, if you make a head coaching hire, it's expected to be happen really quickly. Whereas in the business world, you know, you would take months to kind of make that magnitude of a hire. And that's true, but it is, it is football and it is the NFL. So like, those are just how the rules are played, you know? And I think with Howie, he views it as, well, he runs my football operations. He hires good people. Like his thought process is good. And that, that might be true. Like, I do think that, I don't think he has five GMs on the staff, but I, I do think Howie and we've said it has done a good job building a a coaching staff, but a, a scouting staff, regardless the bottom line results are not there, you know? So I I think that Lurie views it differently, but he has to realize that in the the business of the NFL, like missing on Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager does really matter. Like whoever's fault that was Lurie, how he is your top guy holds responsibility for that. And I, I think he was a little naive and, and tone deaf to use your word to, how bad the mistakes Howie's made have been regardless of how he got there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And it, look, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm a big process over results guy. I've talked about that a lot. Of, Same, I, I am too. Big time. Yeah. But, but the key with that is that the idea is that if you use the right process, more often than not, the results will be the right results, the results you're looking for. That's the whole point of process over results, right? If it was process over results, but the process is always going to lead to bad results, then you've got the wrong process. Right? And that's the issue, is that the Eagles have the wrong process here. And thus the results have been horrible. It th- like one equals the other. Jeffrey Lurie's problem is he thinks well, that the process is right.
1: Because clearly, so, clearly
0: no. the process has been wrong when it comes to the draft. Like there is no arguing yes. like the pro- the results that. show it that the, the whatever process they're using. And and to be fair, look, Laurie is more involved than we thought, or at least than than people out there thought. We've heard things forever, and we've alluded to them. But McLean coming out and saying involved on the j Jaw pick, involved on the Hertz pick, like so, like there is yeah. more concrete reporting of stuff that you and I have heard a lot. That Jeffrey Laurie is more involved than people think. So that is also a layer to this, the idea that, you know, well, if I'm the one who drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, can I kill Howie for drafting J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? That's an aspect of it that we can't really analyze because we don't know just how specific Laurie was with those picks and what he said. No matter what we can say, it's a problem. Like, that is a problem. That setup. However it ends up happening, whoever gets blamed for it is a problem. It's an issue. And and ultimately, I think that when we come out of that press conference yesterday, what we're starting to see now is is, you know, we blame Doug. We blame Howie. Like all year long. And people have said it, you've said it at times, hey, we need to, we need to throw Jeffrey Laurie into this discussion. I think what's happening now or what's going to happen now is Jeffrey Laurie has put himself in the the crosshairs. Like now it's gonna be Howie and Lori. Like, these are the two guys who are going to get the brunt of the blame. And it's not just going to be on Howie anymore. It's going to be on both of these guys because they're they're a unit. They're a duo. They're together. And Jeffrey Lurie has now opened himself up. A, a guy who has long been thought of as the best owner in the city and all that stuff. Man, I'm telling you, like, Jeffrey Lurie with yesterday's press conference, which, dare I say, was John Middleton-esque, legitimately. It was not
1: good. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, it was not good.
0: He has opened himself to a whole new level of criticism in this city, in my opinion. Like, he's going to be in the crosshairs far more than he's been.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think about how we got to this point. Because if you look at Lurie's time as the owner, uh, I can't really speak to prior to Andy, because honestly— I just don't really remember it, but like during the Andy era, he didn't really have to be involved because he yep. had great people running the show, like yep. Joe Banner, Andy Reid, Jim Johnson. Like he was good to go. And then I think when when they moved on from Andy and he brought in Chip, he initially did not want to be involved, Agreed. but then the Howie and Howie and Chip thing got so ugly that he had to step in. So then, all right, he he hands it to Chip. That's a mess. And I think from there. He kind of got like worried about how things were being handled and felt a need to be more involved. And then they win the Super Bowl. And then he's like, wow, like, I want to be involved because this is fun. Like, we just won the Super Bowl, right? Like, and he wanted to win again. And that's one thing you hear consistently from both Howie and Lurie. And he, Echoed a lot of the same things Howie said a week ago was after they won that Super Bowl in 2017. Their plans for 2018 and 2019 changed. Like they wanted to win another one. They really liked the idea of being back to back or winning two or th- two and three years or whatever. Like that changed how they went about things. And I think that goes into how they graded, how he graded Howie because Lurie wanted to go all in. Lurie was there. Every, I mean, I wasn't at the care every day this year because of COVID, but over the last two years, like. The majority of days I'm at the Novacare. I look and I see Lurie's car. Like, so I know he's there. Oh, so and he, I
0: I can as again, someone who worked for the team for three years, like Lurie was there a lot. Like even back then, yeah, he,
1: he was there. He was in the building. And so I think the dysfunction that's caught that's followed this team since Andy left, it it's a combination of A, like, not having the right people. Chip, Chip clearly wasn't up for the job. Howie dysfunction seems to follow him. I don't think Doug it breeds dysfunction, but I do think Doug is a head coach that like needs some some help along the way. And I, I think he, he needs more oversight than maybe a more veteran type head coach. So with Lurie, like he's felt a need to be involved, but it's just not the way to do things. Like and this comes back to Howie too honestly because even if the excuse making for Howie's mistakes are true and valid, and I do believe them, bottom line is they need someone in that building that knows what they're doing better you know like someone that can sit there and say whoa 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 i know you want jj and i get the medical risk on dk but like you know i I, we we got to go a different way here or or, you know something like i know we have to trade up a little extra to get dalvin cook but i think it's worth it like time and time again at these crucial in these crucial decisions they've come out with the wrong the the wrong uh, result to your point of process versus result. So I, I don't think that Lurie has bad intentions. I don't think that how he's like bad at his job as, you know, I know it's a controversial statement right now, but I just like the results are, are not there and they need somebody else to step in and handle this. And I don't think they're going to get it in the head coach, but I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. Look, I think you nailed on that. I, I think, I think everything you said. And he's an
1: adult in the room, honestly. Yeah. And Lurie's not the adult he thinks he is. No,
0: absolutely not. You're absolutely right. You nailed it. And look, again, back to what I was saying before about, you know, well, it's hard to blame Howie if Jeffrey tells him to make the pick. On the flip side of that is Howie Roseman's supposed to be the football guy. Howie Sp- Roseman's yeah, supposed, supposed to be the to one know. who can say to right. Jeffrey Lurie, Jeffrey, I really appreciate your input. I get it. But trust me here, this is the right decision. So ultimately it's still again, bottom line, it has to come back to Howie. If you're in charge of final say, if you're in charge of the roster, no matter what's coming at you from every direction, it is your job to synthesize that information and make the final decision. And how he has flat out failed in that. He has flat out failed over the last few
1: years in and, that role. And the thing, too, though, is you would think, you know, the way Howie is talked about and Howie's relationship with Larry. That Lurie really trusts Howie, and I think there's a component to that. But if he truly trusted Howie, like why would he keep interjecting on these decisions? You know, look, that's
0: an interesting. He might not be able to help himself. It it could be.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's that, but I also think it's like I don't know if Howie has the sway to be like, you know, whoa, guys, like look at my track record. I think this is the way to go. Yeah. Because because they're, I mean, look, again, it shows why it's the wrong.
0: It's why it's the wrong person, the job. Like that job has to be someone. Again, like we all know, what an owner should be in sports. The best case for an owner is someone who's going to come in, provide all the resources possible, run the business side of things, and and have a well-functioning organization. And then is going to hire smart people who are good at their jobs to do the football stuff, from the scouting, right. from the the GMing on down to the coaching. Like that's what a great owner does. Jeffrey Lurie has not done that. Like he just hasn't done and that. That's a last
1: shame. Year. It's a shame because I do think there's components of the job Howie is good at, right? Like, I think if they could get a good football mind in there, like a better football mind, they could really succeed. Like, because I do think Howie has, you know, good qualities. Like, I wrote on 94wp.com this morning, basically saying, like, Howie's a lot of different things. Like, he's gotten the team into a bad salary cap situation, but he's also probably one of the more qualified cap guys in the league, you know? So there, there are different parts to it. I just think they're they're missing the football evaluation aspect, which is a huge huge aspect. Well, I'm yeah, not underlining that. But, well, also but don't, I don't think. But we also I don't, don't, don't know how well
0: we also don't know how well how we would work with those people. Yeah, that's another part. Of you know, it. And that, that's a part of it too. But I agree with you. I think from a. I think that just the, the way this organization is is structured right now is flawed, and and we're seeing it with the results. You know, the results are telling you that their process, their internal process, is flawed, and there's no other way to read it.
1: And the, just, there was go ahead. Yeah, Well, I was going to say the results. So, me and you differ slightly on like the results. Like the results are not good enough in the draft, right? Like for sure. But I, and this year the team was bad. But like overall, their results have been in the top half of the league, you know. Yeah, so not, I, I not think the, that not it's like, bad, but it's not since they as won good the Super. You're the one who always pointed
0: out, though, since they won the Super Bowl, it has been a continual downward yeah, trend, and they've they, regressed from
1: being they, the top well, team in the league. They barely
0: made the playoffs, man. Like they again, like 2018, I, and they they won a playoff game. They don't make the playoffs unless a Bears team that has nothing to play for wins a game. Like, and the year after, right. they don't make the playoffs without a four game run against four horrible teams. Like, I. I I don't think it's fair to say they they've been the results have been awesome on the field. I think they've been flawed. So, and no, again, the I, results
1: have not been awesome. I agree with you on that. My only point is, like, they're not the Jags. You know, like this. No, is not but, a team No, but that... no, but this
0: is this is how the Jags happen. This type of thing is how the Jags Maybe. happen. Like this type of setup yeah. that we got right now. That's how it happens, and, and it sets up a situation where, like, and we will get talking to some coaching candidates the names that have surfaced in a couple minutes but like that's what makes it like why would these coaches want to come here if this is the setup I mean look we, we saw with the Doug Peterson hire right I mean they couldn't get their guys Adam Gase no Ben McAdoo no Tom Coughlin no like all the people they wanted wouldn't come here they settled for Doug they settled for Doug Peterson so
1: you know it does well Larry certainly tried his hardest to sell it well, yesterday yeah of
0: course he did of course he did but I, I... what'd you
1: think of his answer on that
0: on um, why it's an attractive p- position, I th- yeah. thought it was nonsense. I thought it was nonsense, and also uh, I haven't mentioned it, but I think maybe, maybe the most nonsensical thing he said when talking about that coaching search was, "We could be the first team, or we could be the last team. We don't care. It's all good. It's like, oh, really? So you're cool with like the top seven candidates going off the board, and then you're just choosing whoever's right. left? Like it made no sense. That was a problem. Lori made no sense with his answer, and that's yesterday. his.
1: That's him again talking about it. Like he's running Google or something, you know, like where exactly. you can take your time to do. We this. just want like, to find
0: the right guy for the job. Well, the right guy probably got hired three hires ago, or four right. hires and ago. Who
1: knows? Like, who knows? Maybe the last head coach hired will be the best. Well, one. Doug. We have no I idea. mean, Doug's a perfect but,
0: example. I don't know
1: if he was last, right. but he was—he was certainly not first in that run. You know, but you, but. But the whole like process versus re- process versus results, you certainly want the top guy. Like you, wanna, you know what and, I mean? And, I, I'm not and, saying and he'll be the this? best if one, but else, I'll take my chance on. If
0: nothing else, you I'll, want to
1: be able to talk to all the top guys before they
0: get other jobs. You want to at least have an opportunity before they're too deep into yeah. these processes. Like it looks like they've requested the, the to interview Robert Sala today, and he's probably gonna have a job by the end of the day. It seems like or certainly yeah, soon. It looks like like the
1: Jets might not might yet. pounce
0: on him. Like the Eagles waited too long for this, and obviously we could talk about the mess that it was. That you know. I mean, again, and I know we talked about this yesterday, but just the idea that they put Doug out there with Howie at the end of the season, just like yeah, we're good, like he's back, like it was that was as much of a sign to your fan base and the world that Doug Peterson will be back as anything you could possibly do. And then he's fired seven days later. Is I mean that that alone is is flat out dysfunction.
1: Well, it also just shows not having a great read on the situation. Like I think they put Doug out there thinking he'd be back. I don't think I agree 17 with 17. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to know, like me and you knew that the coaching staff might be a problem, you know, like, and maybe they thought they could make it work. And what's interesting is Mike Garofalo of the NFL network had a report prior to this, basically saying that it was Lurie and Doug that like really had the differences and that Howie and Dom Smolensky were trying to make it work. Again, that could be spin just putting, you know, but like, I, I just can't believe that Lurie didn't think this would be a, a bigger deal. And then they have the initial meeting and it's like, whoa, this actually is a huge deal. And then they try to take time and all that. But again, like, and I said this in the last pod, but this is stuff that should have been taken care of in December. I understand you don't want to talk about it during the year, like, I, whatever, but sorry, you have to. And that, and to your point, Robert Sala is a great example. Now, I don't love Robert Sala as a head coaching either. candidate. either, it's but, just more the, the point of a guy. But it's more the point of it, right, exactly, that you are behind the eight ball. Like, even if you're doing homework behind the scenes, and my takeaway too is they might already think they know who they're going to hire and they feel confident about it. Which is but- what
0: Banner said, which, you know, he said, Banner opines that he doesn't think the right. Eagles would have gotten rid of Doug unless they had someone essentially locked in.
1: But like, you never know, you know, like this is the dangerous part. I think in 2016 they thought they would hire Adam Gase and that's why they started the process early. They brought him in first and then he was like, nah, like he was like, I'm not coming here. (laughs) Which which in hindsight
0: is pretty crazy to think that Adam Gase was like, I don't know about that. Right.
1: Like, like maybe, maybe, you know, you can hire Lincoln Riley. Like you feel good about it. But then Lincoln Riley comes to Philly, you get in a room with him, he gets in a room with you and it's like, ugh. Whoops. Like I actually right like on either side who knows maybe maybe you get Lincoln Riley in a room and you're like actually this guy's not ready for the big stage of Philly like I obviously Oklahoma is a big stage my point is like a big major metropolitan media market like who knows but or maybe he gets in the room and he's like yeah I like this idea but maybe not so that's just a danger in waiting and, and, and you 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 limit your choices. And you end up having to make a decision because of time. Like also, Laurie can talk about taking as long as he wants. Like the combine's at the end of February. Like you have to have that coach by then. Well, like, and the look, they they, they missed out. <laughs> they missed out on the senior bowl. Like the Eagles
0: should have been coaching the senior bowl. What an opportunity in a year where they might not have a combine. They might we don't know how pro days, all this stuff is gonna work with COVID, especially a year after a college football season that was disjointed, that didn't have teams playing games, that had players opting out. Like, what an advantage. You had the opportunity to coach the senior bowl this year. Like that is such a massive advantage to get a firsthand look at these guys. And they couldn't do it because of all this BS.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. So I think that was a massive,
0: yeah. massive miss by them. And and it all comes from this dysfunction that led.
1: Doug and into- that's why, like they got to have a head coach in the next two weeks. Like Larry yeah. can say whatever he wants, but you can't get this far into the, the process without knowing who your head coach is going to be because that head coach has to make decisions too. I mean, it is making it sound like the head coach will get to pick what happens with Carson, and if that's true, then you got to get this guy in here and get him to decide. Because if you're going to try to trade Carson, like you want to start to do it soon, like February, you start to make these things happen. Hundred percent. I want beginning wanna... of parts is when you're going to deal him if you do it. So I, I want to
0: get to that. I want to get to a few other things Laurie said about Carson, about where the team is headed, and then we'll get to the head coaching candidates. But quickly, 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 let me remind you. With the playoffs coming up again this weekend on Friday, Elliot Shore Parks and I will pick every game against the spread as we normally do and dive into those games. But you can bet right now, if you have not downloaded the Parks Casino Sportsbook app, I don't know what you're doing. Pro Casino Sportsbook guys, you cover for pro football, playoffs, college hoops, pro basketball, pro-hockey, restart, anything and everything. Bet online with the name of your trucks, Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Uh, as I mentioned, you can bet on every single game on the slate. Green Bay is six and a half point favorite over L. A. That looks like a nice starting point for me. Elliot, have you have you done your Parks pick of the week yet? Are you still feeling it out?
1: Well, I can tell you this much: after a rough week of NFL playoffs, I'm not emotionally ready to make my prediction yet <laughs> for uh, for that. But. But, but prior to coming on I was perusing the uh, NBA lines um and I gotta say like I mean by the time you listen to this a game might have happened but if you're a real one and you listen right away Philly minus eight tonight Miami I don't know they've been bad two games in a row I could see this being a bounce back for them. I, I kind of like that now I'm still feeling out still feeling out NBA eight points is kind of a lot for uh for Miami but that's where I'm leaning right now. Yeah Miami missing some guys with covid and
0: all that. So uh, I think that's an interesting pick. And again, every single game on the slate this weekend, you bet on player performances, you can bet on halftime scores, who's going to score first. You can also bet on future bets, league MVP, who's going to win the pro football championship, all that type of stuff. And as mentioned, hockey's coming back. You can bet on that. College hoops is here. Props, parlays, teasers, anything and everything. Download the Parks You Know Sportsbook app now New customers, here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X, casino.com PA. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. As always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right Elliot um let's move on from the Howie stuff I think we've cut unless you have any final thoughts on the Howie stuff
1: that we haven't mentioned yet no yeah I think I, I think it's I think it's funny that I've become like the Howie defender for some reason You're it, like I, biggest I, and I'm really fan. not meaning to be
0: well it is yeah, pretty but... wild it is pretty wild to think about that and I know the WIP morning show did a poll this morning um and it said uh, you know Did you want – essentially some form of, you know, did you want Howie Roseman to be fired or something like that. It was 93% yes, 93%.
1: Well, did you see they had another poll and it was – I forget the exact wording, but it was something like, who do you blame most for the downfall of the Eagles – and it was Lurie, Howie, and Doug. Did you see this one? Yeah, it was like Doug was
0: like three percent or something like that. Yeah, and the 3%. rest was Lurie and yeah. Howie. The guy they fired was three yeah. percent. And it should so. be, and it should be, it should be. We all know it. Anyone with a brain knows it. We know where the blame lies. And that's why I said it's a Lurie problem now, too. Cause it's both those guys now. Like before, if they had just done that poll, it would have been like eighty five percent Howie, eight percent Jeffrey, whatever Doug, you know what I mean? But like now it's like sixty eight percent about howie's yeah.
1: Jeffrey, you know, I think your point about Lurie exposing himself to more criticism is absolutely true because he's definitely viewed more like a Jerry Jones guy than he used to be now.
0: Big time. We've heard that a lot on the radio the last few days, particularly today after all this information comes out and it's it's not a great look for Jeffrey. Jeffrey's kind of, you know, he's had kind of a good run here in Philly to say the least, you know, and, and deserves credit for it. Again, up until now, Jeffrey owned, Jeffrey Lurie has been a model owner. He's been a great owner. We don't complain about it, but he's putting himself in a spot here where he's really opening himself to a lot of criticism, and deservedly so. And and his love and support of Howie Roseman is is a big reason for it. Um, all right, a couple other things outside of Howie that stuck out to me from the press conference. Let's let's start with Wentz because I thought that was. Uh, again, I wanted to say a rambling answer. Every single answer Jeffrey Lurie gave yesterday was rambling and all over the place Very and long. nonsensical yeah. at times. But I thought the the question and answer about Wentz, uh, I believe it was Tim McManus who asked the question, I thought was a really fascinating look. I, I think the things that stuck out to me from it were Lurie first saying asset uh, when he, ta- he said Wentz is an asset Twice. and talented. Uh, and using the way he said it twice and said asset and talented, saying asset before talented, I thought was interesting. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting phrasing uh, he used about Carson Wentz when talking about him as an asset there. Um, and I also thought it was interesting when he said no owner should make the decision on whether Carson Wentz will be here, which is. I mean, come on, man! Like, even I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous too because, like, we're talking about being. So we already know he's involved. Everybody knows he's involved. He's trying to act like he's not. But this is the exact kind of decision you are supposed to be in on. Like, yes, you're. It's the franchise quarterback. It's one hundred twenty million dollars contract. Like, of course you're supposed to be involved in this decision. It was just such an asinine answer. What were your takeaways from him? Ta- from his answers and thoughts on Carson Wentz?
1: So his whole vibe, and he said this repeatedly, was. We know it's a longer rebuild. Doug wants to win now. Yeah, like I thought, which yeah, was that which was, was whole, so silly.
0: What, what head which coach is? is tra- yeah, what, but what head coach is not trying to win now? I think you can make an argument, and I've thought about this a lot that that Doug Peterson is a a coach of a is a better coach for a veteran team than a young team. You know, you want a coach who's yeah. going to develop guys, who's going to be you know kind of you know more focused on the development of his players than necessarily on on winning the game each week, but. I mean, it's crazy to see, to use as a reason. Well, Doug wanted to win now, and we didn't, so we had to get rid of Doug. Like, it just it just rings so hollow. Every coach wants to win. Well,
1: and also, how often do you hear an owner say, like, well, you know, he wanted to win now, and I just wasn't yeah, into that. You know, like, yeah, so it's, right. it's a great point. You're right. It's usually the other way around. You're right. But, but the other thing, to, to bring it back to Carson, is, so if his objective is to build for the future, if his objective is to get younger, his objective is to get draft picks, and he views this as, like, a, a rebuild... Like how does Carson play into this? You know, like I I get Carson isn't like thirty three, but he's also not twenty four. I mean Carson's twenty eight. I think he'll be twenty. I I think he'll be twenty nine before the end of next season. So, like, is he really a long term quarterback here? So I I think that him calling him an asset, I, I don't believe he went out there trying to give the vibe they would trade him. But I think he let it slip a little in terms of talking about Carson that, you know. Look, and you said you know you you've been at the NovaCare, you used to work there. Um, like the, the Carson is was god at that NovaCare in terms of how they viewed him. Like you never would have heard them talk about Carson in this respect in the way of, well, you know, we have two great quarterbacks. Well, if one wins, we'll trade the other one essentially is what he said. Like both could be a star, you know. And there was not the the feeling of Carson's the guy. Like he could have came out and said Look, I signed Carson to be a franchise quarterback. He had one down year. We still think he's really good. I have no doubt he'll be our starting quarterback next year. And I get that might hurt J- Jalen Hurts' feelings, but guess what? If Carson's your guy, like who really cares about Jalen at that point? So I thought that they've had now two chances from two very important people, the most two two most important people, Howie and Lurie, to really like, you know, give Carson what he's looking for, and they didn't do it twice. And I think it's very telling. Like, I don't know if him calling him an asset means they're gonna trade him. I think it's interesting. But what more important is what he didn't say, which is Carson is the guy.
0: Yeah, that was my impression as well. It was very easy answer. Well, you could even you could even say it in a way where, you know, um, listen, Carson's our franchise quarterback. We paid him a lot of money, we still believe in him. You know, boom. Or even you could Done. you don't even have right. to say the franchise quarterback, you could just say we paid Carson a lot of money because we believe in him. Boom. Like, that or, You know what
1: you could have said? You know what you could have said? We are not trading Carson West. Yeah, well, you Done. could have said that. No question. I mean, you, you control him. It's not, you know, like, no, I get you yeah, he you're can right. force his way you're out, right. right? But, like, at the end of the day, he could at least put that type of hammer down. And I, you know, so Rob Motty, who is uh, – you know, connected to Carson has had good reporting on it. Did you see what he put out today? Yes.
0: Do you have it in front of you? Cause I did. I thought it was very interesting and, and it, it only added to what you're talking about. What Rob Monty put out made me think that, that Carson
1: Wentz is gone was what I thought. when right. I read Right. So what he put was, uh, he had the quote about, um, from, uh, from Jeffrey Lurie and he put, uh, from Rob, these are Rob's words. Don't assume Carson Wentz returns. Cause Doug Peterson's gone. Carson had quote unquote, no input in firing. Doug wanted to win in 2021 with Carson. Jeffrey Lurie wants a transition period. Get younger, add more draft picks. Trading eleven Carson would make rebuilding Eagles younger at quarterback. Add picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. if you're if you're going by the assumption that Rob Motti has been very connected to Carson Wentz through all this, because it appears that Rob Motti has been very connected to to Carson Wentz all this, you know, we can only connect dots. Then that type of thing coming out makes me think. That Carson Wentz thinks he's gonna be traded. Right. I mean, that's that's yeah. the the connecting dots you do there is oh that feels like Carson Wentz being traded as part of this rebuild. And they did talk a lot. They didn't say rebuild, retool, the rebuilding. They made it very, very, very clear. Well, They're like, we're gonna be bad right now.
1: And and so Lurie also said, you know, we have two quarterbacks, and when we pick one one day, that the other one can be an asset. Like you cannot bring both of these guys back to training camp and have a competition. I understand that Seth Joyner tweeted this to me, and Seth is certainly more of a football guy and tougher than I will ever be, right? But just barely. Like, his, you know, it's
0: really he, close. You could
1: both score an yeah, NFL would,
0: touchdown, yeah. right? I
1: mean Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But uh <laughs> like I get so I get his point of make them compete. I understand the logic in that. But the issue is once one of them wins, the other one's there. And then, like, you've split the locker room to a certain degree. Like, you cannot tell me if they have a quarterback competition, there will not be some people that support Carson no matter what, and there will not be some people that support Jalen no matter what. And it's just not a way to help each other succeed. So I, I think they know that. I think after misreading the Jalen thing last year, they're aware of doing that again is not – it's not a – conductive way uh, a good way to run the organization so I think that part was was lip service but I absolutely think that they are open to trading Carson they did not close the door on that whatsoever when they definitely could have if they wanted to
0: yeah I still think Carson will be traded and look to be fair this also does come down to to who they hire in terms of not hiring someone for Carson once but look let's say it's Joe Brady you know they 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 might hire Joe Brady knowing that Joe Brady said, I love Carson Wentz. I can fix that guy. I want to fix that guy. Like, that's possible. Like, it is possible that whatever head coach they're hiring, not the reason they're hiring, although it probably would hurt, but that part of, of him coming in here is his belief that he can fix Carson Wentz. Like
1: that So I, I think it's a red flag. Any head coach that comes in here and says he wants to fix Carson, to me, is like a red flag for what they're trying to do. You're telling me you want to try to fix a guy on a massive deal that once traded that – Is has two serious injuries coming off the worst season of his career. Like, you want to come in and put yourself in that type of pressure situation to fix him automatically. And I also think that any head coach I, the any head coach I want to hire is running more of a modern day NFL offense where you have to have a quarterback that's mobile, and Carson's not that. So, I am, I if I'm Lurie, I'm like skeptical of anyone that comes in here. I also think that person will probably be lying to them to try to get the job. So, anyone that tells me their top goal is to fix Carson, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I like we'll complete the interview, but this is not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I I think I, I ultimately if I had to guess what I think, I think they're going to trade Carson Wentz. I don't think that Carson Wentz, they believe, is the future and all that. But would I be shocked if a head coach they hire comes in and says, I'm fixing Carson Wentz, Carson's my guy? No. I I don't think that's the craziest thing ever. But I do agree, with mostly because, like, I don't trust this Eagles organization to do the smart things, to do the right things. Like, that's the overarching thing of this whole thing from yesterday and how this all played out is I think the Eagles are in peril. Like, that's what I feel right now. I feel like this team is in a very precarious situation as an organization moving forward. Like, the the, the potential to be the Philadelphia Browns is real. I don't expect it to happen because I disagree. No, you, I think it's real. Like, that is at least possible. Like, they are in a bad spot right now from a roster perspective and a leadership perspective. Like, I'm not talking for the next 30 years, Elliot, but I'm talking a, a prolonged period of being bad, like— that's absolutely possible. Like it's, of course, it's possible. I don't think it would be a Browns type thing forever because I do think that Jeffrey Lurie wants to win and cares about winning enough where eventually, at a certain point, he would get rid of Howie if he had to, like as he did in the past. Look, he did get rid of Howie for Chip, like that did happen. So I do think that they're, they're that. I'm not saying it's forever, but like the. They're in a really bad spot right now, man. Like, and you can't underrate it. Like, you can't underrate that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman searing this ship. Like, they could get lucky. They could stumble into the right hire who can change the the organization quickly and change the the culture and all that. But like, the to assume or to think that Howie 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 Lurie, like that's really what it feels like. Howie (laughs) Roseman, yeah. Howie Roseman and and Jeffrey Lurie are going to sear this team out of this is it's unlikely in my eyes. Like, I don't think it's likely. They could get lucky, but I wouldn't bet on them.
1: I I just don't think their floor, and this is a debate for another pod, but I I don't think their floor is as low as you do. That's really where we disagree. I'm not saying I think they're going to be perennial, you know, like Super Bowl contenders anytime soon. I don't think they're a 12-win team anytime soon, barring a miracle at quarterback. But I do not think, like, if you told me the Eagles in the next three years, I think they make the playoffs at least once, if not twice. Like, oh, the NFC see, is bad. Only because oh, of the that's... NFCs. You, I wouldn't take that bet. But, like, the Eagles are
0: not going to be a true blue contender in the next couple of years. Like, they're not. They're just not. they are too many issues. Right. And, look, things can turn around quickly. In 2016, if you had told us it wasn't going to run the Super Bowl next year, we would have told you you were crazy. We're like, stop. That's such a right. dumb thing to say. So, yes, I get that things can change in a hurry in the NFL, but that's not a, a reason to say – that. that's not a reason to believe. That's a reason to hope. Hope is not well, a strategy. I, I mean, it's it a, a famous but I think it phrase. Is a reason to believe. But why? Like, so why? Ultimately, because, ultimately, well, ultimately, the people in charge of this franchise. I don't believe it. I don't believe that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman can run an NFL franchise successfully right now. So, if I don't believe but, in that, then I'm hoping for luck. I'm hoping that they get yeah, lucky.
1: But, so, we're going to talk about the head coaching candidates in a second, and like we'll talk about those guys' qualifications and what we think they could do. But like. We've literally seen Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie win a Super Bowl, and and not even like you know ten years ago, right? I know it was not last year, and, and you right. Know, but I four think years. they got incredibly lucky. Like that's uh, maybe, can they get maybe? Lucky? But, but my, that's my
0: point. If I think they got lucky, then then I think they could get lucky again. I honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot. How that Super Bowl happened. I honestly
1: think we don't uh, I, I believe you on
0: that. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, so much cuz it I think yeah. it was just like they got lucky with a a a group of guys, a group of veterans. Like a, there was a ton of talent on the roster, which you know how he deserves credit for, but I think they got lucky with a group of veterans and a group of guys who kind of you know, and Doug was the right coach for a veteran team. Guys who, you know, know what they're doing. The Chris Longs, the Garrett Blunts, the guys who won Super Bowls other places. I, I just it felt like I think it was just a perfect combination of, of veteran guys, the right coach for veteran guys, the right offensive coordinator who worked with that coach. Like I just think it was kind of a perfect storm of of those personalities and those guys getting together and having a magical season. I think it had nothing to do – not nothing, that's not fair, but I don't think it has much had much to do with Howie and Laurie and their ability to build a franchise into a perennial contender.
1: I think well, it was a one Where where I disagree with you on that is the main reason – or I don't want to say the main reason, because like Doug was a huge part in culture and they were a talented roster. But also, let's be honest, one of the main reasons they won that Super Bowl was because of Carson Wentz. Like, he got them to 11-2. and two. No He question. made that season special. But in, in getting Carson, like that was not luck, right? I mean, they they traded from 13 to 9 to 2. They, eval- they correctly evaluated who to draft at number 2. They made getting a quarterback a, a priority. And I think you'll see them make those type of decisions again. And look, again, I am skeptical of their future as well. I just I am not yet at the gloom and doom stage that you are in terms of them maybe being like the Philadelphia Browns. I I do not think that is that is going to happen. I hope not because that would I would really. Say yeah, I know. You I, don't. I just
0: think it's more. And look, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying
1: I could see a world where it happens, and that
0: that's terrible. And I
1: can't I can't. But I, I you know maybe I'm being blind to it honestly. Like because I, I you are right that there are there are warning signs.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's get into head coaching search
1: because since we talked yesterday, there've been a
0: lot of names, a lot of interesting connections and all that. And and I think that, and we mentioned the Joe Banner thing. I think that, you know, is an interesting tweet to put out there, the idea that he if you know, look, I I think Jeffrey, Joe Banner, maybe other than Howie Roseman knows how Jeffrey Lurie works better than anyone alive, maybe,
1: you know, certainly. Yeah. Joe definitely still speaks
0: to people in the league. Yes. So I think that is not a tweet from nowhere. The idea that he thinks that they already know exactly who they want and, and more or less have it locked up. So that does change the, the, you know, the calculation, so to speak. But my, my basic premise coming into this, or my question coming into this, and we'll get to the specific guys in one sec, though, but is uh, to you, Elliot, is is looking at the dysfunction that, that we've ha- seen here. And the quotes, you know, about from many people around the league about Howie Roseman. I mean, Michael Lombardi's going off on him, talking about, you know, he's— Anyone who comes in there is going to know how Howie Roseman operates, and how Howie Roseman looks out for Howie Roseman, and how he's the best to play in the game, and you know he's the answers to the test before they're, they're asked, all that stuff. Um, with this perception around the league, and certainly with this situation with Doug Peters, the guy won a Super Bowl here three less, excuse me, less than three years ago, and is fired in these ways, where it's very clear that Doug was kind of bossed around, pushed all this stuff. Like, how do these candidates look at this and
1: say that's where I want to go? They don't. <laughs> I mean, unless, <laughs> unless. Yeah. I mean, look, there's still the Eagles. There's still Philadelphia. I, I know that Lurie mentioning like the city and all that is, you know, probably not the best look given the, the mood of, of the of the team right now. But there is truth to that. Like the Eagles get primetime games. They're one of the biggest media markets. Like I do think there is an attraction of coming to Philadelphia. But, you know, I don't think Howie is an attraction. I mean, at the best, you hope he's not a deterrent. And for what it's worth, the quarterback situation is not great. So, if you're and a head coach, the, the likelihood and, that you don't pick your own staff, or at least won't, won't have full well,
0: autonomy on your own staff, you never yeah, know. But that's that, I agree. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. I'm guessing if they can get him to get here, come here, they'll probably let that dude pick his own staff. But
1: They let Chip pick his own staff. They did. You're right. You're right. right. So they're and they
0: forced a couple guys on him. But you're right. I I think the the evidence though shows, at least in recent history, that that could be an issue that a head coach coming in would at least have questions about. I mean, we saw. Look, Matt Rule is not the Jets head coach. He's the Panthers head coach because the Jets wanted to pick his staff, and he said no. And then
1: he ended up right. And, And the fact it's even a debate is not good. And I think that's the biggest thing the Eagles will battle. Is people are gonna go into the meeting with them skeptical. They're gonna have like, like the, the Eagles will not be interviewing them. They will be interviewing the Eagles, like the top guys, right? Like they will be, they will come in with real legitimate questions that they need answered. And I think even when they get those answers, they might not believe them. Like even if Howie sits there and says, Yes, you will pick your staff. I will not control who plays on Sunday, like all these things, you're that guy is probably hearing so much in his ear counter to that that i don't know if he believes them and that's a problem the eagles are going to run into and in trying to convince a guy to come here
0: 100 all right let's get to some of the names um they have already requested uh, uh interviews with robert sala uh arthur smith of course the tennessee titans offensive coordinator todd bowles of course we all know todd well here in philly uh mike kafka has not been requested officially he's in the playoffs but that is a name that we have heard them connected to and of course deuce staley i want to get to those names in a sec i think Obviously, I think the sexiest, most exciting name, and obviously I'm also sure will cause some PTSD for certain Chip Kelly Eagles fans type of stuff. Um, but I think the Lincoln Riley stuff is is particularly interesting for a couple reasons. Um, first and foremost, if you're going to take that Joe Banner tweet as gospel, I'm not saying it is, but let's take it as gospel and say, all right, the Eagles know exactly who they want, and they've already got it locked up. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Doug. You figure it's someone somewhat exciting, at least if they're already going to move yeah. on from Doug. It's an, you know We know Lori. He likes that kind of splash thing and all that type of stuff. So Riley makes sense from that. Mike Fisher, of course, who was uh, the the Dallas reporter, was all over the infighting between Doug and Howie, kind of alluded to the chance that Doug could be gone prior to most people or anyone talking about that, um, puts out the tweet, big OU story coming to Philly, uh, had a follow-up yep. today, kind of pointing out and, and ed kratz said that they've talked to lincoln riley
1: lincoln riley is on their radar so lane johnson's tweet lane, who Johnson lane has, tweet. lane has used twitter before with emojis to send messages Big like time. not him playing not playing stuff Big like time. that and of so.
0: course there's the obvious jalen Hurts connection as well um what do you make of the lincoln riley thing
1: i think they're gonna try I think Lincoln checks off all the boxes of what they would want, my, minus the Chip Kelly PTSD. But but even Chip, like Chip came here and won initially. It just fell apart because of his personality. It was a Chip the Howard, person, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I think with Lincoln, actually, you'll you'll run into different problems. Like I'm not going to pretend to know Lincoln Riley. I watched a few of his press conferences just to get like a vibe on you know him, and he seems soft spoken. Uh, I, t- I saw Domo tweet he comes from a town of 5,000 people, so I do wonder those components of Lincoln Riley. But I don't think you'll get the same problems you did with Chip. So uh, I like the idea of Lincoln. I like that his offense uh, continually changes. He has adjusted to other quarterbacks like year after year, which I think is is really good. I I think that, you know, is a very attractive quality to him. He's a big name too. Like I know he's he's from a small town and all that stuff, but like Oklahoma's big time football. Like he's used to being in the spotlight as opposed to more of a Mike Kafka type of guy who who we'll get to. So and plus he's just like exciting. Like personally, I would just be very excited about the hire. It would be interesting to cover. The team would be interesting. It'd be like chip. Again, it would be it would be chip. So um, I mean, that's number one on my list and I think he's probably number one on their list too. And I think it says a lot that they called him, you know, almost instantly.
0: Yeah. Like immediately. I, I think it's, there's no
1: question. He's their,
0: their top target.
1: Like that's, and yet, for what it's worth, you haven't heard any other team connected to him unless I missed it. No, you, right? you heard like
0: that. You, you heard the Cowboys reached out to him last off season. That's all you've heard. No other team connect to him. And it looks like from all the reporting that him and Howie, have a relationship and have had that, that that he was apparently. A, Which helps. Yeah. Might not be excited about this if he's hired, but he apparently was instrumental in them drafting Jalen Reger Like he's been involved. So there is a a connection there. And I think it's no question like that's, that's the guy they're targeting. And if Banner's right, that's the guy they're getting. Um, For me, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like selfishly as someone who talks about this as a living, he's absolutely the higher I want, but as an right. Eagles fan, like forgetting that, like I'm, An Eagles fan, first and foremost, I always look at it through fan first, then my job and all that. Like, as a fan, this is the most exciting name to me because, if nothing else, like, there's an excitement and an energy that comes with this. There is at least the chance that you are hiring the next Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay type of guy. You know, this this someone who actually is an offensive guru, savant, genius type of guy. Like, the 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 idea of that is exciting. It's an exciting prospect. Um and look, I you know, we Chip Kelly is the perfect um you know, warning, you know, the perfect metaphorical warning for this that hey, you know, a guy can be super exciting, offensive genius, you know, the 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 cats meow candidate, all that type of stuff, and then it's gonna go south, it, it isn't gonna work for this reason or that.
1: But for me looking right, at Ch- the, Chip didn't have a counterpunch. Yeah. I think there's a better chance Lincoln has a counterpunch. I agree, punch. I agree.
0: And-, and they're different people. I, I and Totally different situations, but for me, I, I agree with you. Lincoln Riley is my top choice for the Eagles. And I think he'd be the most exciting. And, and if I had to bet right now just because I don't have anything else to go off of, uh, the signs tell me Riley is the most likely. I mean, like, looking through all this stuff, like, it does feel like there's real heat to it. Now, ultimately, they may sit down with him, and like you said, he may be like, whoa, never mind. You know, I, right. I didn't realize how this was all going to work. I thought I was going to have control of this. I thought I was going to have this. Whatever. Who knows? But I do think there's real interest there. I think it's a real possibility. I think it's fascinating to watch. All right, let's get on to some of the other names as then it gets a little more, you know, the names that everyone's far talking about. Far less exciting. <laughs> yeah, far less exciting. And look, it could be like, I really like Arthur Smith. I really like Brian Dable. Like, those are guys who I think will be good head coaches or at least have the chance to be. But we we also know that it's so much about the situation. There's so many different factors and to personality it personality, personality, like, all that type of stuff. Have-
1: I thought Doug was going to be a flop, and he ends up being like way more dynamic. We all did. So we all
0: thought that was the worst hire of all time, and he won us a Super Bowl. So So it's really again, and he was. We thought he was the worst hire of that run. I mean, all those guys were gone before Gase Mcadoo. Like even the guys the Eagles wanted, they wanted Gase and Mcadoo, they didn't get them, and they got the better guy of the of the three. So um, it it is really hard to predict these things, but you know of the names, let's go like Sala Smith. Bowles, we know they're interviewing Kafka has been connected to them. Obviously, was last time as well. Of course, former player here, um, Deuce Daly, Brian Dable. Where do you like? How do you parse through these names? What stands out to you about some and others? And and who do you think are a, a real possibility?
1: Well, okay, so just the guys that they've requested to interview because there's been nothing about Deuce yet. So let's not wait, but, wait well, for except, him. Except
0: to be fair, uh, Jeffrey Lurie. Oh, did, Jeffrey yes, Lurie did say Deuce Saley
1: would be a candidate,
0: so we can we can put him in there. Kafka's the one who does, right. there's been no official connection to just rumors. About yes, it. that's a good point. So and same Sala, with Joe Brady. No no listen. official connection to Joe Brady, just rumors.
1: So Salah, by the time people are listening to this, could be the Jets head coach. But assuming he's not, I, I like I'm okay, I would be okay with it. But my main issue that I'm going to have with Sala, Ted Bowles, and to a little bit of lesser extent, Deuce, but kind of the same problem, is if you hire one of those three, you have got to get a phenomenal offensive quarter with, co- coordinator, and if you get a phenomenal offensive coordinator, that person's gone in a year or two, yep. right? So, so uh, like, Robert Sala could be a very good head coach. I think he could... He could be like that motivator to come in, and he could fix the defense. Although, to be honest, his defensive numbers in San Francisco are not that great. Besides the one year they went to Super Bowl, so like, I, I would be skeptical of like him being some defensive genius coming in here. But like, I you could sell me on that. But I just I'm so focused on offense as is Lurie that I'm not gonna like build my team around a guy that it's going to require somebody else to be really good. Like, like I think if you get Lincoln Riley and the offense is good enough, like you can shuffle defensive coordinators in and out, you can figure that thing out. Right. But if you don't have a good offense, like that's a major problem. So Robert Sala, I like the idea of him coming in and like, I can picture him being a, a great head coach qualities, but the offense thing concerns me. Todd Bowles, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I like Todd I a lot, see- but it just, I, yeah, I, it's just, I, like, I don't I, see the dynamic part of well, him. No. I don't see the exciting part. Like,
0: I, and there isn't, I, I think Todd's just a really good football guy, but I, I agree. I don't think he's, I don't think he's either targeting. I, I don't think Salah's either targeting. It does seem like Salah is really a, a leader of men type of guy, everything you hear about yes. him. Like he seems Gus like
1: Bradley. I even yeah, like, Gus Bradley. He's like a big,
0: but you're, like you're hoping he's Mike Tom. Like that's what you're hoping for with a solid hire, right? You're hoping for that right. guy who's a leader of men and, and an organizer and a, and a guy who's going to put people in the right places and, and coaches, coaches, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, um, but I agree with you. I don't, Look, you never know. Maybe, and again, this is, let's go off the supposition that Banner's tweet is wrong. As, because we kind of really, if they know who they want and it's locked in, this whole conversation is kind of superfluous. So um, let's go with the idea that they, if they don't have someone locked in. In that case, if they're just interviewing guys, you never know. Maybe they interview a, a Brandon Staley and they're like, wow, this guy is an actual football genius. I don't care. He's a defensive guy. Right. This is our guy. Like, you never know what that could happen. But if I if I were a betting man, I would bet a a, a heavy sum. On an offensive guy. Like a heavy well, well, well. sum of money on an
1: offensive I, guy. Oh, I would too. And knowing who you want could also mean something like, look, we think Joe Brady is a better option than Doug. We know nobody's hiring Joe Brady. So we'll interview all these guys, and if worse comes to worse, we'll hire Joe Brady, who we like better than Doug. It could mean that. You know, like it could mean something where they know their safety net is better in their eyes than Doug. So all these interviews are not for not. Like they could change their mind. But um, yeah, so my my other thing about Mike Kafka, or at least my first thing about Mike Mike Kafka, I should say, is it's such a random name that part of me thinks like maybe they know he's some genius, but like well they you're had him really in the building. I Kafka? mean, he was
0: here. He was, uh, Mike Kafka was actually in the building as a player when I was working for the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'll say he wasn't super popular. I will say that. Um, he, right, you know, didn't come off as someone everyone loved. I'll say that. Um, yeah, it's a random name. I think it's just... I think that people make that connection more because he was in this building. I think you're always going to connect to Andy guys. Obviously, Doug and Andy guy. I just... I would I would be surprised if they got rid of Doug to go hire the next Doug. From, and I know he's not, but, like, that that optically speaking. Like, oh, let's get rid yeah. of the guy we just hired from Andy and let's go back and raid Andy's staff again. Like, it just... It reeks of an organization that doesn't know what to do except take the guy Andy Reid gives him. You know what I mean? Like, so... It's possible. I just, I don't think so. I would be surprised if they moved on from Doug for it. But look, it's a name you hear. And it does seem like Kafka's going to be a head coach at some point somewhere. But, you know, I I just, I would be surprised if we're talking about rebuilding. You know, you're talking about bringing in, I think you need a guy who's a little more experienced than Kafka.
1: Yeah, he's only 33. And he's never been a coordinator. He's never been a coordinator. Like, yeah, I would, I'd have major concerns about Kafka. He would be like, Of all the high-risk, high-reward guys we'll talk about, he is the biggest risk. Yeah, I'd rather have Deuce. I'd rather they just give Deuce the job, personally. Yeah, so here's my thing on Deuce. What really sticks out to me about Deuce, honestly, it sways my opinion maybe way more than it should, but it really does, is what you said, Richie said, about him being the smartest football guy he's ever been around. Mm -hmm. Like, that really impacts my opinion of Deuce because without that, my opinion would be Never been a coordinator. They don't trust him to call plays. They've never prom- really promoted him. Um, I-, I would like him as like the again like the leader of men, but like I don't know what his specialty is. I don't know if he can build an offense. I don't. He's not a defensive guy. He's never coached quarterback. So that would be my concern about Deuce. But if his football mind is really as smart as Richie says it is, I definitely think Deuce of all these guys, other than maybe Lincoln Riley, but I think Deuce has like the biggest it factor. Where, well, like, he's I mean, a look, special.
0: Malcolm Jenkins, it was like yeah. two
1: seconds after
0: Doug got fired. Yep. was like, Rodney this McLeod. Guy. Rodney McLeod. There have been a, a number, especially defensive players, which is fascinating. But it does seem like Deuce has that respect. And I think Torrey Smith said it too. Like, a number of guys. Um, Deuce has that respect and command in the locker room. And I think that does matter uh, big time. But to your point. I just
1: need to know what his specialty is. Yeah. And also, you know, like, like, let's
0: be real. Like, the way they've treated Deuce over these last few years like, doesn't symbolize someone who they think is a rising star. Like, You would have made him your offensive coordinator. You would have given him a shot like, at one of those spots. That's true. As an assistant yeah. head coach, it felt like a, a token thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, well, you've been around forever. We're going to make you the assistant coach. It didn't feel real. I hope I'm wrong. I love Deuce. I would be all right. It seems like he's such a leader, and like you said, such a smart guy, like, if, if it was a fallback, like, I'm not going to lose my mind. It wouldn't be my hire. I want someone. Yeah, but someone... that's
1: not what you want out of a head hire. I agree. Hire. Like, but they, that might yeah. be what
0: happens. And also, if we're going to go back to the initial discussion about Howie and Lurie and all that, like, they might want another Doug who's going to let them do everything, who's going to let them control everything, who's going to, when he tells them to tank, they tank. When he tells them to, to hire this coach, he hires that coach. And who else but Deuce would be the most likely now, to come the in the and say, whatever between... you want me to do, guys, thank you for giving me the job, you know?
1: The, the, the difference between deuce and doug i think is now both of them and would enter in the same way where they excuse me where they do not have power like no one else was hiring doug i don't think anyone else, anyone else is hiring deuce so they wouldn't have the power but i do think like i don't know i just wonder i think deuce would have no choice but to listen to them about the staff but i wonder like doug was agreeable to a fault like doug was like mr like I'm gonna have. I'm gonna coach football. Get to know my players. Like I'm good, right? And then that changed after five years. But I wonder if Deuce initially would be as like, you passed me over multiple times. Now you want me? Like, no, I'm not just gonna do everything you want. I just would be interested how I that dynamic would I know what you're saying.
0: I just don't see it. I, I think if Deuce got, well, he might the job, not have the power. That's like, the so point. It like, it's it's. Do yeah. you want the job or not, Deuce? You know, that's my concern. Ultimately, I don't think that's the way it goes. But I, I think if it were, I think that could be reasoning for it um arthur smith interesting name dable uh they are connected to smith not dable yet but we know that dable and and how have the same agent um similar candidates in the you know kind of uh young smart offensive mind guys who have been a coordinator for a little while here have you know in one case rebuilt a quarterback and another you know taking a young guy and, and built him up to to what josh allen is now um you know i think they're They'd be fine hires. I think they'd be solid. I, I don't think those are the guys. I think those are guys who have enough options that they probably wouldn't choose here, but you never know.
1: Well, they they feel the most like Andy Reid Doug Peterson, right? Like like in terms of the hires that Jeffrey has made, like they feel the most similar in resume, personality. Like I don't know. They just feel like an Andy and Doug, like that group. Um my thing with Brian Dable is yeah, what he did with Josh Allen was great, but am I really gonna hire a head coach off of one really good season of Josh Allen? Like no one was talking about Brian Dable as a head coach last year. Whereas with Lincoln Riley, with uh, you know, um Joe Brady, like these guys, like they're they are people that have been talked about as head coaches. Robert Sala last year was viewed as one of those guys. Todd Bowles has been a head coach. So am I really gonna hire him off of one really good year, of Josh Allen? Like, I don't know. I'd be worried about it. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm not saying it would make it a bad hire, but that's my concern with him. But I like his background. Like he he worked with Nick Saban. He's been in the NFL a long time. He actually did coach Jalen Hurts for a year. Interesting like Ooh, connection there. So yeah. Yeah. So um I that's my only concern with him is just, you know, he wasn't a head coach candidate last year, I don't believe. And now all of a sudden Josh Allen has one good year and I'm supposed to believe he's like this great head coach. I that would be my my concern.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a fair one. Arthur Smith similar, you know, hasn't been around that much. Really has spent his, most of his career with the Titans, uh, kind of worked his way up from a defensive quality control coach to being the offensive coordinator. Interesting thing about Arthur Smith is who his dad is. You've heard this before, right?
1: Um is this a guy that invented FedEx or something Founder
0: like that? Founder of FedEx. So I do from, That's
1: it. Yeah. From
0: that perspective, I do like that Arthur Smith is someone who has worked his butt off. You know what I mean? As someone who literally probably literally never had to work a day in his life if he didn't want to, kind of worked his way and worked from being a defensive quality control assistant all the way up to offensive coordinator, meritocracy style. Um, I do appreciate that. I think that says something about his character. I don't know that much more, but I do think it's an interesting thing. Um, Any other names on the – there have been none other connected, obviously, but any other names that you want to kind of get out there while we're talking Hmm. this initial head coach or thing.
1: Well, I think one there's no specific name but the last thought I'd have before our next pie where I'm sure there'll be four more names is it'll be interesting to see how comfortable they are hiring a young guy. Like Joe Brady's 31, uh Mike Kafka's 33. I don't think Lincoln Riley, he might be over 40, but he's he's youngish I think. I think Arthur Smith is 38, 38 like
0: Yeah.
1: I mean Doug Lincoln was one Riley's 37. He's,
0: he's not over 40. 50,
1: Doug must have been over 50 when they hired him, I would assume.
0: Uh yeah, if not close to it for sure.
1: Right. Like, so it would be interesting to see how comfortable they are hiring a young guy and how that fits into what Lurie was saying of being a long build. Like, that's the other thing that Tom, not Tom, that uh, Todd Bowles doesn't fit for me. Like, Todd Bowles is going to come oversee your two to three year rebuild. Like, that, I don't think that makes sense. So I, I, I wonder if they're more open to hiring a young guy, someone that with Lincoln Riley, Uh, Joe Brady, Arthur Smith that can come in here, you know, deuce is still pretty young that could come in here and be the guy for 10 years. Cause you know, I said this on the midday show, like they've had four coaches in 10 years. Like I've been covering the team for eight or nine years and I will have covered half a season with Andy chip, Doug, and another head coach now. So like they have not had sustainability after having with Andy for a long time. And, um, it's wild I think when think hiring that. a younger guy, you you know, in theory sign up for that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. One coach through the first half of uh, the f- through the first decade of the 2000s and then four coaches in the next decade of about to be a fourth yeah. one year in is, is pretty wild. Um, Alright, call your shot. Before we get out of here, this is we know nothing right now. We are just reading tea leaves. We're hearing who they're interviewing. The call right now the day after Doug Peterson gets fired if you had to place a bet and again this is we know nothing. This is just a Guess essentially, but if you had to bet, who is the next coach of the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Well, I think we should do this at the end of every pod and, Ooh, and be I, to change I like it. Yeah. I like this. I like this. A great be, idea. And be, and be allowed to change it. Great idea. Um, I love uh, it. My guess, my guess right now would be Lincoln Riley. Me too.
0: Me too. It's just the most yeah. smoke, and it's the most. It just fill. It connects the most dots for me in terms of why yep. they would do this, how they did it, all that. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: <sighs> no, not really. I, I will say, like. I am super excited to get in for Gober's radio on Saturday oh, you've, you've been on the radio like I am just very excited to get in there and uh and, and host the show it's it's sad Doug's gone I saw a clip on Twitter of him yesterday where that clip before the Super Bowl where they piece together all the times he's offering uh, ice cream to his players and like man it just sucks Doug is gone Doug was a very nice guy like I I wish him well it's also very exciting like it's gonna be super exciting over you know these next few weeks and I'm just I'm I'm excited to get going on it.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be super fun, but I, I agree. I'm I'm sad Doug's gone. Like that's my my number one thing I feel is is I'm sad. I'm bummed I'm gonna miss the guy. But to your point, this will be fun. It'll be exciting, and we just gotta hope that they pick the right guy. And for what it's worth, I too think Lincoln Riley as of now. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh it's going to be fascinating. What an off season we got so much. Like we were like, oh, it's going to be so much to talk about when we thought Doug was coming back, and now we had a whole new layer to it. That really, I mean, if you think about, it, I mean, not, it's 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 the whole coaching staff. Like you know, yeah, maybe Deuce will be back. Whatever happens, maybe Stoutland. But we're talking about a whole new group of coaches, a whole yeah, new infrastructure. To know those guys. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's look, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be here with you through it all. And like Elliot said, Saturday one to three, we're back. Go Birds Radio. The rest of the month, we'll be there every Saturday. Call us, 215-592-9494. We love to talk to podcast listeners. And, of course, on Friday we'll have our Picks Pod out as well, previewing all the weekend's games. So until Friday, until Saturday, he's Elliot and James. We'll talk to you guys soon.